Good morning. Uh, the election is coming up soon. If you are registered in your home state um, to vote, fantastic. Uh, if not, just want to let you know, you can vote in the state of Georgia. Um, if you're not registered in your home state, you can register here today, Monday or Tuesday, in the Great Hall or in Carter Lobby. Uh, so that's out there, and it would, uh, uh, it's open for everyone who's not registered in their home state to vote. Um, just want to say a quick word about uh, Campus Preview. This weekend is Campus Preview Weekend. There will be 230 previewers uh, and their families here. That's the largest number. Yeah. That's the, the largest group that we've had in the last four years. Um, and I'd like to encourage you to show them um, Christ-like hospitality and kindness and thoughtfulness. The prospective students, I'm sure this is many of your experiences, uh, who come to campus uh, have a significantly higher rate of applying and wanting to come to Covenant. It's not because of the views. Um, it's not because of the high caliber of classes alone. Um, most students cite their interaction with other students, um, the community that they've experienced when they come and visit that they would like to be a part of. So in a very real way, don't underestimate the importance of saying hello. Don't underestimate the importance of conversations that you might have. God may very well choose to use you um, to set the course for students where they'll go to college um, and have major impact on the rest of their lives. Um, with the influx of some 400 people, families included, uh, we're going to be opening Sanderson Hall for overflow uh, along with CL22. An email went out yesterday about a couple of halls that we were going to sign down there. There was some miscommunication. We are not assigning anyone down there. So it's going to be open. There will be overflow, but no assignment down there. Uh, it's my pleasure uh, to introduce our speaker for this morning, our very own Associate Dean of Students, John Wiley. Um, I have to say just, just a little bit. He's going to tell his story, how he ended up at Covenant. But I need to say um, it, it's an honor to be able to work alongside someone who, who loves Jesus, um, who loves you guys, and can so aptly rock a bow tie. So give it up for our brother, John Wiley. Morning. Good to see y'all here this morning. It's an honor to stand before you students, staff, and faculty. For your sake and for my sake, join me in prayer real quick. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your faithfulness and your long-suffering. Son of David, I pray that you would have mercy upon us this morning, that you would help our unbelief, that you may increase and that I may decrease. I pray this in Jesus' almighty name and all God's people rejoiced and said, amen. amen. All right. So this morning, I have 25 minutes on the money. So here we go. My story this morning won't be chronological. It's going to kind of be all over the place. Get ready. That's the way I speak. Um, I'm going to talk to you about my individual walk, and I'm going to talk to you about my corporate walk that involves people. So I just finished reading a book by Kevin Roos that's called The Unlikely Disciple, where he spends a semester at a Christian college as an unbeliever in Jesus to try to understand what Christianity is. 
and he's reflecting on one of his friends named Zipper. And this is the comment that he makes about Zipper. I think part of the problem that is, that is that while I'm getting a lot of impromptu spiritual tutoring from my hallmates, I have no regular sources of wisdom, no adult mentors. It seems like every time I talk to Zipper, he tells me something his pastor said or something his youth group leader gave him to work on. His spiritual life has a support staff. In my walk, I have a spiritual life support staff. That is, the people who have walked beside of me all of my life. Men, women, young, old have come through my path, have come alongside of me, and have caused me to grow in grace. And so I don't have time, to be honest with you, to mention all of them this morning. I'm going to try to squish my story into seven minutes so I can dig into the word with you this morning. Um, but I hope and my prayer is that this story that I share with you this morning, you'll hear it as one sentence in a large narrative that includes people and is about the restoration of shalom. That's what I want you to hear this morning. I hope you hear it. So the first person I must introduce to you is my beloved bride, Emily Wiley. We've been married today 4,036 days. I've been counting. And um, I'm supposed to speak shortly about her because she's asked me to. So Emily, bear with me. Here we go. Emily and I met in graduate school at Clemson University, and our story goes something like this. We barely knew each other our first semester. I stood up in one class, and she saw me, and she stood up in one class, and I saw her, and we didn't cross paths anymore. Our second semester in graduate school, we were in three classes together, and in those three classes, the Lord is good. And we were in groups together, one, two, three, and we're hanging out. And we get to the end of these courses, and I start to call her, and I do things like this. Um, Emily, do you want to go out to eat? I'm hungry. And um, she would call me and be like, John, I'm super bored. Can we go play Ultimate Frisbee? And so our story goes that we just had these everyday interactions. So I'll tell you a funny story about us. One day Emily said, John, do you drink coffee? I said, of course I drink coffee. I love coffee. And so a couple days later we were at Starbucks and Emily goes up and she orders a black coffee. And John Wiley goes up and I order the Java chip frappuccino with extra chocolate. <laughs> and um, she realized at that point in her life that I had lied to her and I was not a real coffee drinker. Um, <laughs> But to kind of wrap the story up, we were potentially the only Christians, the only people who professed faith in Jesus in our graduate program. Light attracts light. A lot of people ask me, how do I know Emily was the one for me? Because we got married. It's simple as that. Um, <laughs> we got married. And... Um, Again, I'm not kidding. I've been counting from day one, 4,036 days. If you're a math major, you've just computed that that's a little over 11 years. Um, another person that the Lord had gave to Emily and I is a guy by the name of Jimmy Agin. And Jimmy Agin in our marriage counseling said this to me. John and Emily, never forget this. This should be your motto in life. Repent early, repent often. 
Forgive early, forgive often. Dear friends, Emily Moore Wiley embodies that motto. She knows all my sin. She knows all my junk. And she still loves me. I think it's super cool. So know this. She's the person that's been given to me to sanctify me the most. Until one of us dies, it will be my greatest joy to run this race with her. All right. Whew, now we have four kids. Okay. So our four kids are this. We have an eight-year-old girl named Lita Grace. Lita Grace loves arts and crafts and people, and she's like her daddy. She loves attention. <laughs> Wade is six. Wade loves being outdoors, anything rough, tackling, wrestling. I've been told he wants me to tell you he is scared of rattlesnakes. <laughs> and he is a champion for his sisters. I love that about Wade. Eden, she is three. She loves to be read to. And if we were to let her come up here, she could entertain you the rest of the time. Um, and our fourth child is not born yet. Our fourth child will be born April 17th, 2017, Lord willing. So, yeah. It is a good gift. We heard the heartbeat two weeks ago. And you saw me kind of cry. I was really crying um, there. All right, so that's my family. We hope to join you um, and hang out with you. I'm going to give you a brief educational work history background. At NC State, fall of 1999, I became, tried to become a computer and electrical engineer. The good news is I graduated with a computer and electrical engineering degrees. Um, but I decided I did not like computers and that I loved people. And in reality, I was actually not good with computers. And so in my sophomore year, in the fall of 2000, I became a resident assistant. At NC State, the resident assistants got room and board for free. And so out of selfish intent, I took this job because it would benefit me financially. This decision is kind of interesting. That what I made a decision of a of a selfish choice, it's like my full-time job now. I'm like, a, so my mom asked me, like, what do you do, John? I'm like, I'm a professional RA. And she has no clue what that means, um, but that's what I do. So having become an RA for three years, I decided that I would go into student development, student affairs, higher education, whatever synonym you want to use there. Worked on my master's degree at Clemson University, you all know that's where I met my wife. Emily and I get married. We move to Virginia Tech. For three years, I serve as a complex director where we're living in a residence hall with a thousand all-male freshmen. <laughs> a thousand of these dudes. And Emily and me. The biggest question that I got asked about my job during those three years that we lived on campus at Virginia Tech was simply this. How does it work for Emily sharing a bathroom with a thousand men? Do not worry, she would not have married me if that had been the case. We had our own apartment. <laughs> From Virginia Tech, we decided to move back to Clemson University where I served two years as an area coordinator in housing. 
Um, we had been on campuses for five years as a married couple. My wife graciously and gently said, John, let's move off campus. I said, great, let's do this thing. So a job opened up in student conduct and I became an associate director of student conduct at Clemson University. What's about to feel like a huge blip was not a huge blip. The Lord is good and he guides and I trust that. So to you it's going to feel like a blip, but it's not a blip, promise. During all that time that I just referenced right there, going back that way, um, we had a desire to serve overseas and to share the hope that we have in Jesus. So in the summer of 2012, my wife and I, we sold almost everything we owned. We packed up eight bags and two kids, and we headed to Harbin, China, where I taught English as a foreign language, and Emily stayed at home with our kids. This morning, I wanted to use time to talk to you about things like this. It's not the response of the hearer, but it is the faithfulness of the heralder, but we don't have time. I also want to talk to you about calling is not always audible, and we should not try to discern the secret will of the Lord. Being a Christian is not about making your life hard so you can be on the straight and narrow. Following him is all you have to do. Blue skies should never be taken for granted. Things I learned from the Chinese culture, like relationships in the Chinese culture, are more important than individual preferences. Um, but suffice it to say, I don't have time for all those things. And so I hope you've gotten a little glimpse into my past background that doesn't seem weird to serve as an associate dean in residence life. I've been working in housing and student conduct, which, as a side note, we call it student discipline here, and if you don't know why, come and talk to me, but I love that we call it student discipline and not student conduct. Um, that's a small part of my story, but now we're going to dig into the Word. So if you have your Word, you can open it up. If not, you can hear me read it to you. We're going to go to Hebrews 1, and we're going to dig in together. Hear now the Holy Word of the Lord, which is our rule for faith and life. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God. And he is the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become much superior to the angels, as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. I should just sit down now. God spoke. He did not have to reveal himself to us. The creator of the world, who created all things literally from nothing, spoke. Let that one sink in for a minute. If you are like me, you heard, you've heard this scripture. This isn't the first time you're hearing it. It's not the first time you're hearing that God spoke. 
But we hear it in songs like this, right? How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith. In his excellent word, what more can he say than to you he hath said? To you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. We sing this truth. And I don't know if it resonates with me, so it might not resonate with you. And so I'm bringing it up. Think about Jesus loves me. How do we know Jesus loves us? For the Bible tells us so. My daughter and my son can sing those things. I had Westminster Confession of Faith. I don't know how many of y'all dig into that. Um, I enjoy digging into it, but we're skipping that <laughs> because of time. But you should go into the Westminster Confession of Faith and read about the Holy Scriptures. It will rock your world. A lot of people ask me, so when did you come to faith in Jesus, John? There are a lot of people who know the date and time and can tell you the minute of when they came to faith. I am not that person. Um, I have been... I grew up in a family that went to church Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday we were at choir practice, Friday we were cleaning the church, right? So I, I was around the word a lot. And my first remembrance, if I could give you a time I remember being convicted of sin, it was probably the fourth, fifth, or sixth grade. And I remember my dad coming to me one morning. So this is another person, my dad, when you become a parent, have fun with that one. He put his hand on my foot and he said, John, I want to tell you something. Remember that the words coming out of your mouth are the overflow of your heart. The words that I've heard you speaking to your friends have not been building them up and edifying them, but you have been tearing them down. This made my stomach hurt, but it was truth that needed to be spoken to me at that time. So I'm, I'm very thankful for my dad. I'm very thankful for the word. And at that time, I remember comprehending that the word was good and I was supposed to read the word, but it doesn't mean that I understood or believed it even. Maybe some of you are right there where I was today. You've heard the word matters. You know you're supposed to read it. You want to hear God's voice, but it's hard to take time and energy to regularly be in the word. So I have some more marriage advice from Jimmy Egan for you today. Jimmy Egan told me this. He said, John, blessed is the man who never stops starting family worship. All right. So um, I'm going to change it. I'm going to reword it. I'm going to say, blessed is the man or woman who never stops starting reading the word of God. Blessed is the man or woman who never stops starting reading the word of God. So when you have guilt all down up in there, right, and you're like, oh, I can't believe I hadn't read the word for like 15 days or a year, blessed is the man or woman who never stops starting reading the Bible. So that's what I, if you don't hear anything else, you can go to sleep now. That's what I want you to know, all right. So I went back to my journal and I started looking at things that like grip my heart. And, and here are some things that I realized. The word of God began to speak into my marriage, into my parenting, into my responses to people when I had been wronged. So I'm going to just read quotes here for a couple minutes of things that grip my heart. 
George Mueller is giving advice to young people. I don't know how young, I'm going to assume um, most of your ages in this room. Now, I would give a few hints to my younger fellow believers as to the way in which to keep up spiritual enjoyment. It is absolutely needful. We should read regularly through the scriptures consecutively and not pick out here and there a chapter. If we do, we remain spiritual dwarfs. Anyway, y'all aren't getting into this. I'm into it. Whatever. I tell you so affectionately, for the first four years of my conversion, I made no progress because I neglected the Bible. But when I regularly read on through the whole with reference to my own heart and soul, I directly made progress. Then my peace and joy continued more and more. Listen to what George Mueller says. Wake up. Seriously. Now, I have been doing this for 47 years. I have read through the whole Bible a hundred times, and I always find it fresh when I begin again. Thus, my peace and joy have increased more and more. A hundred times. If you go and read more about George Mueller, he actually, I think, read it about 300 times in his lifetime. When I read that quote, I'd never read the Bible all the way through. There are some books I didn't even know existed in the Bible when I read that quote. And so I continued to struggle because I knew all good Christians read their Bible. But I had no regular routine of reading God's Word. God. I'm not going to read this quote. Actually, I am going to read this quote. No, I'm not, because the word is more important. There was an author that wrote something like this. If you need caffeine to wake up in the morning, I will leave that with your conscience. Literally, the next morning, the frou-frou frappuccino guy brewed a cup of black coffee and added a little cream and sugar. I woke up early and I dug into the word. I created routine in my life. Not just for my sake, but because my heart yearned for my family. And I wanted them to know Jesus. And so I was, I was a Bible reader. And I was cranking it out with the best of them. And then one day my world got rocked. My routine got rocked. I'm not going to be able to read all this scripture. But you're just going to have to go with me on this. Yep, we got time. I'm going to make time. Sorry, everybody. Who's about to be here a little longer. I'm going to 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to cut out a little bit. But just know for the sake that Paul is talking about the Thessalonian saints. Hear this. And you become imitators of us and of the Lord. For you receive the word in much affliction. With the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. So that we need not say anything, for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. And how you turned to God from idols, serving the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven. Whom he raised from the dead. Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Here's what I want you to know. These Thessalonians, they, were, they had a work of faith. They had a labor of love. They had a steadfast hope 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. They, listen, listen to this. They received the word in much affliction. They weren't waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning drinking their black coffee with a little cream, a little sugar. They received the word in much affliction with joy. It should rock your world. That's all I got to say. It should rock your world. But here it comes. Are you ready for this? You don't have to flip in your Bibles. I promise you. I printed it out right here straight from the word. Acts 17, 11. Paul and Silas, they are sent to Berea. They're going to see the Bereans. And when they arrive, this is what they find. Now these Jews, talking about the Bereans, were more noble than the Thessalonians. They were more noble than the people who received the word in much affliction and with joy in the Holy Spirit. Why? They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to test and to see if these things were true. Friends, when David Sinclair spoke those words at Clemson Presbyterian Church, the root, I was a great Bible reader, waking up early. Hey, let me boast in 455. I'm getting up reading the word. Then I realized this. We're called to read the word daily, not as a checklist. The creator who spoke, the creator who created the universe invites us daily to commune with him in his word. You are human. You are a sinner. There will be some times where you do not read your Bible. Blessed is the man or woman who never stops starting reading. There's a whole lot more that I have in here that I wanted to say. I shall not say it for time's sake because I want to pray a blessing over you. But I am going to use some words from John Wesley to wrap all this up for you, to bring it home. Are you ready for this? So remember, these are not my words. These are John Wesley's words. I hope that they're an encouragement to you today and they uplift you, but that they also break you. Get ready. All right, remember, not John Wiley's word, John Wesley. I have thought I am a creature of a day, passing through life as an arrow through the air. I am a spirit come from God and returning to God, just hovering over the great gulf till a few moments hence I'm seen no more. I drop into an unchangeable eternity. I want to know one thing, the way to heaven. And I'm going to add some words here so that he can see Jesus face to face unveiled. How to land safe on that happy shore. God himself has condescended to teach the way. 
For this very end he came from heaven. He hath written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book at any price. Give me the book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. Let me be homo unius libri. Let me be a man of one. So that's how I end today. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray, but I'm going to pray maybe weirdly. So just get ready. Um, my prayer today is going to be a blessing over not just the students, but staff and faculty who are here as well. I just want you to hear the words. I'm going to cry and just enjoy it. So if you'll stand up and... Close your eyes, hold your hands out, whatever you want to do. May the mind of Christ my Savior live in you from day to day by his love and power controlling all you do and say. May the word of God dwell richly in your hearts from hour to hour, so that all may see you triumph only through his power. May the peace of God, my Father, rule your life and everything, that you may be calm to comfort, sick and sorrowing. May the love of Jesus fill you as the waters fills the sea. Him exalting, self-abasing, this is victory. May his beauty rest upon you as you seek the lost to win. And may they forget the channel, seeing only him. Amen. Let's sing the doxology. Praise God from.